0: Hey, everyone. Just wanted to remind you to check out the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're a music lover and you want to find more music-related podcasts just like you're not listening, you can find all kinds of amazing shows at pantheonpodcast.com. Okay, that's it. Thanks. Bye.
1: Get on the flow.
0: What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Sean's dad, Jim. And today we have a super special guest joining us today. Dad is the one that does a lot of the kind of outreach and guest relations for the show, I guess you could call it. He, he's the one that invites people onto the show um, because he has a way of connecting with people that I don't. So, Dad, I'm going to actually hand it off to you to do nice. this introduction. Well, I'm
2: I'm, uh, I'm going to fall over myself because there's a bit of a fanboy thing going on today. But we have with us, uh, who was kind enough to join us, a uh, founding member of the E Street Band, one of the main guys who put it all together, 2014 uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, Vinny Lopez. Vinny, welcome, my friend. Welcome. All
3: right. Thank you guys for having me on this great podcast. It would be fun.
0: Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, we fun really do hear
3: appreciate stuff- it.
0: Too. Sorry, say that again?
3: So it'll be fun to hear stuff that you guys have to say, too.
0: We have a few things. We got some opinions, whether people like it or not, you know, <laughs>
3: we,
0: we don't know that. But um no, we really appreciate you coming on here. You know, it's always amazing to talk to uh, people who have created some of the music that have influenced and inspired us in the past. And it's really pretty exciting to, you know, what a time to be alive that we can all connect together, which is it's it's pretty cool.
3: I think it's great. This, this time that we live in, except for, you know, there's obvious things that aren't so good, but. Uh, music and all of that that's why we're here, that's why I'm here I'm going to keep doing it I'm not nice.
0: Love it, and you're still playing, right?
3: I still play, not, I'm not no world beater I don't I don't want to go out there on the circuit and, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody, if Bruce says hey, we're going to go do a tour you're, or my last tour or whatever and you're going to be on it, I'll go on it
0: Kind of hard sure. to say no, right? <laughs>
3: yeah. If I stand up, I'm going to do it you know, so <laughs> that's a, how it'll work and usually I'm sitting down so it's even better yeah, oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah! You, you're the one guy that gets to sit down. You and the keys. So, Vinny brought a couple songs to us today. He wants to talk about, and we have a song that he recorded that we want to talk about. That actually, I brought up when we were on Jesse Jackson's podcast, Set Lusting Bruce. I talked about how uh, Thunder Crack was one of my favorite Springsteen songs. But uh, Vinny's going to talk about a song that inspired him. The first song that you ever performed at a high school dance. Is that what you were saying?
3: Oh well. See, I learned how to play the drums by watching a friend who became a friend of mine when I was a kid. He did drums along with records at teenage dances. And at this particular dance, it was the USO Club in Asbury Park. And uh, I was like, you know, 14, 13, 14 years old. And when I saw Buzzy. I loved it. He gave me a job, and he showed me how to hold drumsticks. We went to a lot of different places and set his stuff up. That's what I did. And uh, he had to go to the bathroom one night, and he said, <laughs> you're going to play. So I said, I'm going to play? And said, yeah. He said, he hands me the sticks. I sit down, and it was Be My Baby. And right in the middle of the song, the biggest fight I ever saw broke out right in the <laughs> middle of the dance floor because it was a USO club. It had soldiers over here, and it had young kids over here. And they clashed.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Bet the fight was <laughs> exactly. about a woman. Just somehow
3: I learned a lesson right there. He that's hilarious. Plunge. That sounds oh.
0: that sounds like a movie scene, like like having this big fight breakout with Be My Baby playing in the background but, is just that's, that's that's hilarious.
3: That's what happened. I mean, Jesus, that's I was amazing. watching guys beat guys with ashtrays and I was sitting there going, Whoa. I better run but I didn't I kept playing
0: yeah you didn't
2: miss
3: a beat right that's amazing no, I didn't say that yes yeah. <laughs> so, so we are going to talk about drum I'm not even sure I kept a beat
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about Be My Baby by the Ronettes uh, as well but Dad, I, I'm really, like I said, Dad, I'm really going to lean on you to kind of lead yep. this conversation because you're the one that 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 pulled this all together. So I don't want to take anything away. So why don't we get a little bit of your backstory, Vinny? If you don't, if you don't mind, just kind of giving us a rundown of how you got into music and and you know how you got to today, where you are now.
3: Well, that story I just told you. That's the start, right? <laughs> drunker, that's Buzzy Lebinsky. Okay. And Buzzy Levinsky, his father was uh, the he owned Savoy Records, the gospel record label some years ago. OK, so uh, from that and going with Buzzy and learning a little bit how to play the drums, I did a dance. And these guys had come up to me. I didn't know who they were. I was a young kid. And they said, hey, we're looking for a drummer. You want to come and audition, you know? So we're going to play a song today, and this is why I'm playing these songs, because they have to do with my early days. We're going to do a song by Bill Chinnick. Well, Bill Chinnick was like the first guy at one of those dances at Belmar Elks Pavilion, the Fifth Avenue Pavilion. And he came up to, hey, we're a drum audition, come over to Avon. And so Buzzy lent me his drums and brought me to the audition with Chinnick, and he says okay i'm all set up and ready to go he goes like hey okay, we're gonna do wipeout <laughs> sure. yeah, no pressure <laughs> you know and i can I, I sang in choir and i knew these rock and roll songs and i sang harmony with stuff you know then and uh i said i don't want to do Wipeout. i'd rather do like uh, you know the kinks or something you know do something <laughs> rolling stones or you know and, and he says no we, everybody wants to hear you do wipe out so you have to do wipe out and i said a, is that the classic is so that the classic, classic
2: drummers audition song right there that you have to yeah, know
3: i guess but i wouldn't do it so i didn't even get to play a beat and i was fired on the spot right there <laughs> we packed the drums up relaxed <laughs> but then later on i met the same kind of circumstances, same place. I met Sonny Ken, Sonny Rutledge, and um, we became Sonny in the Starfires. He's on there. and um, But I, he liked it that I could sing. He, uh, he didn't care about Wipeout. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned
2: Wipeout. Uh, I remember when uh, Bruce was talking during his uh, Broadway show that one of his drummers, one of the drummers in one of the bands or something, couldn't play Wipeout. That's so probably me. No, I, I don't think so. No, I think he was. I, I, I think he was talking about someone else, and he said, you know, he had. It was one of the other bands that he, you know, would watch on a regular basis, and the guy had all kinds of style, and the band was great, but this guy just could not get Wipeout down. It's was like, come on, everybody has to play Wipeout. So, it must be the the theme of the day back in the yeah uh, back in the day when all those bands were well, starting. Yep,
3: it was. It was. Everybody <laughs> wanted to hear it, even like at Fuzzy's dances. Everybody wanted to hear Wipeout. You know, that's funny. He did all oldies though he was exclusively the stomp you know so
2: yeah yeah so tell us about the jersey shore sound back then and how it all got started because it's it's a very unique thing that if people don't know it you know they're they're missing a lot of some of the kind of stuff that that really was the beginning of some of the rock and roll especially on the east coast
3: well like when i was a kid uh, i lived in neptune outside just outside asbury park and, and springwood avenue was there and it was it was thriving community there and they had uh, bands that would come and play there. Now take it, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm going to Catholic school, taking a bus to Asbury Park, uh coming back, you know, and then you know you get your day off and you ride around. And we got a dose of music there, at least I did, you know, hearing guys and saying, wow, that's 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 pretty cool stuff. You know, the music in those days was um, like Buzzy, like I said, he did exclusively oldies and every dance we played at was packed. And he did oldies. Uh, there were doo singers around Leon Trent with the Broadways. There were multitudes of them. Uh, at the USO Club, there were the, the greasers, you call them, or whatever. They were going outside and singing doo wop on the corner. That's what they did, you know. Uh, Chuck Berry was coming around, and, you know, well, that's Elvis, of course, when I was a kid. That, he's the first one that really turned me on to what I wanted to do. But growing up there, I heard Groove Holmes when I was a kid. I mean, playing the B3, come on. That was, you know, Jimmy Smith played at this club, B3. So naturally progressed, you know, when things happen, you, you want a B3 in your band, You know, because I heard them guys play that thing and it was great. And we had a guy, Steve Lizardi, who could play a B three. That is and definitely bands, a
0: signature oh, sound of the of the Jersey rock stuff.
3: Oh, it's you know that, that's you know that's it. But Jersey, sure, had a multitude of different bands that were there. And the Asbury Park sound didn't come from Asbury Park. It came from Detroit. It came from L A. It came from San Francisco. It came from London. It came, you know, it came from all over all these people playing all this different stuff all over. There was a ton of places to play and uh, all kids all having a good time. And it all melded into like that, you know, on Southside Johnny, I suppose he gets the Asbury Park sound credit. But, you know, it, it goes back long before John, but John brought it to the head. You know, they became what it is. And they still are. They're great when you go see them live. Oh, still, yeah. The South Side, yeah.
2: You know. Yeah. So I have a bunch of questions, and one of them you just walked right into. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it at you right now. You ready? Yeah. So because it seems like because I did some research, you know, I mean that was that's part of my job is to kind of be the creeper and go and kind of find out a little bit about you know any of our guests and all that kind of stuff. And I, I looked at all of the. I mean, I, I don't even know how many bands you've been in. It's I don't kind it's got to be <laughs> 20, 30, 40, you know, more, you know, but as I, as I went through and I kept looking at it, okay, you ready? I keep saying, seeing the same names. Like you said, Sonny Ken, Gary talent, Lance Larson, Danny Federici, Bill Chinook, uh, Vinnie Roslin, Kenny Viola, uh, Ricky DeSano, George Theis, or Theis, Sam Cooper, John uh, Laraski, Bob Lar- Alfano, John Lyon, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all the same. And it seemed like it was a, a small, semi-small group of people interchangeable with let's start a new band let's do this let's go here and let's kind of get these guys from this band and you know and that's not even i didn't even involve you know bruce and all that stuff because you almost like he seemed like he was an outsider that kind of came in and joined in with all of this this core group of guys that just interchanged with all these bands over the years including now right
3: right no you're right because before bruce came on the scene because a little vinny brought bruce City upstage i saw bruce before that you know, I said, hey, why don't you come to the upstage? We're jamming down, you know, come down. So you had, you
2: introduced Bruce Springsteen to the upstage club.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, because I'm sure he heard about it. You know, I got I was there when it was the upstage and it was only the Green Mermaid downstairs. There was no upstairs rock and roll room. You know, it was just that. And you, you know, you become Albian the hired hands. That's what you do. <laughs> and all those people were hired hands at one point or another. And that's where then it went upstairs. But all the clicks came together because the guys from free, uh, Egg, it was a hullabaloo circuit. It was a Asbury Park hullabaloo, the first one that was there. Sunny so I and mean, Star Parts, we were the house band at the Asbury Park Hullabaloo. <laughs> so now they'd open up other hullabaloos like Middletown. Or Freehold, or Tom's River. They all opened up their little hullabaloo club. So we were the house band. So we'd go play there. Oh, the other ones. No. what we didn't get warm receptions either. <laughs> 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 because, like, if you went to Freehold, that's where those guys play, not you guys. We yeah, you were are
2: enemy territory, enemy turf, yeah, we right? Went to
3: Middletown one time to the nice big barn, hullabaloo, and Sunny in the Starfires. And they said, oh, yeah, you're the guys from Asbury. You're outside. <laughs> we had to play outside. They wouldn't let us up on the big stage because we were a guys from Asbury Park. You know, so well, the upstage got all those clicks in one place at time. All the guitar slingers would go to knock everybody off. I was just a drummer, so-called drummer. Let's put it that way. But I was one of the house drummers there. So I got to play with all those dudes, too, you know, at different jam levels. Right. Sometimes it was just pure noise. Yeah, know? I was
0: going to say, what, what was the chemistry like like from night to night? Like, was some nights you'd be locked in and, like, depending on who's there, you'd it would be, like, real easy? Or, and then when a new group of guys would come in, like, the chemistry is not there and you just, like, had to push through the night?
3: Well, yeah, but, uh, like, Tom wouldn't let bands play, okay? There was no bands that came into upstage and played. Oh. So, except my band. We got to play there late, the moment of truth. And that had Gary Talent in it, but uh, no band. So when the when the guys came, I was a house drummer. Now, if I was a drummer, then he would be on for the two or three songs that these people that Tom would put together are going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he he'd get guy come in. OK, this is our band. We just got done rehearsal. We're going to. Tom would go, what do you play? He goes, oh, I play guitar. He goes, oh, there's Benny sitting over here. You go talk to him, figure out what songs you're going to do. And then <laughs> he'd find a bass player and send him over. Oh. And then there'd be a keyboard guy that's sitting there and he'd come. And Tom would put it together. And you play three songs. Now, you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you me. had to, you had
2: to have talent to show up. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't have the talent to kind of have the chops to be up there, you're going to know it right away. And they're the guitar gonna, they're players gonna...
3: were the bosses. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. If you want to say there's bosses, you know. But me and Big Bobby, he was the other house drummer, Big Bobby Williams. You see, he upstage had the eight till midnight show. And then midnight, there was an hour break. And then at one o'clock till 5 a.m., there was the <laughs> second show. There's no booze there or nothing. So I was either the house drummer for the early one or the late one. And big, if I was the late one, Big Bobby's the early. Or vice versa. That's how we did it. And that's how we became, know all the guys. Because everybody didn't show up at both times. You know, like at 2 o'clock in the morning or 2.30 when all the bars start closing, the bands from there would come. And now you'd have more, oh, hey, yeah, right. You know, and now you, you know, you play. Everybody would play. Wow. That sounds awesome. It it was a cool place. But everybody would get together there and, you, you know, you learn some chops there.
2: Yeah. So oh, yeah. you couldn't have an ego or were there a lot of egos?
3: No, not really. Yeah. Uh for we a new kid in town, everybody'd go, you know, this guy. <laughs> wow, would you see that? You know, yeah, and we'd all be there, or I'd be on stage going, Oh, when the fuck's this gonna be over? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, obviously that's when you, you got the camaraderie and then two years down the road, hey, we'll start another band. Hey, you know, another, another band down the road. And then all of a sudden everybody yeah. knows each other. So whoever's looking for, a you know, a guitar slinger or whatever, like, oh, I know a guy and I know a guy yeah. and I know a guy. Wow. yeah, wow. That's so
3: cool. Yeah. That so still goes cool. on today. We all kind of hang out, and know each other. We don't necessarily play together. We don't have to. But when we do, it's fun.
2: And. The whole story of you getting connected with Bruce, I mean, besides the 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 initial stuff and everything when he got signed with Clive Davis. Mm -hmm. No, with Hammond. Hammond. Well John Um, Hammond. John Hammond. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do it, but I'm not gonna, you know, do it Bob Dylan wise. I want my band. He came back home and he said, I want you guys to be on my first album, first two albums with me. That's right. Surprised against you know what, what he was supposedly you know signed for because they wanted him you know to be more of an acoustic or a one you know one person um, solo artist and then all of a sudden he said now he's got a band so hey Vinny let's let's go record an album
3: I was working in a boatyard scraping hulls <laughs> putting paint on the bottom of boats you know putting Jeez. them in the water or, uh, you know putting wood on this thing over here you know but then I was working one day and the the boss came in Chris Carver. And he comes in, and he goes, Vinny, there's a phone call. From Bruce. And I said, okay. So I took you, and it was him. It was Bruce. And he said, he's going to do the the first album. Uh, you want to rehearse and do it? And I said, when do we start? <laughs> you know? Because I was tired uh-huh. of sawdust. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably hesitated, right? Like, yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> you know, the only thing good about that job was you caught soft-shell crabs, right? are under the railway we brought these giant boats in it we finished them up inside this giant building we were okay. but the, the softshell crabs at lunch were real good there you go <laughs> <laughs> so
2: before we go on to the and now sean i don't want to jump on i know you had a question but are you the only person that gets away with or calls bruce springsteen brucey because i've heard you say that in the past. I, brucey brucey yes, yes, <laughs>
3: Yes, I have. And now that I've grown up, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I call him Bruce. Yeah, okay. Yep.
2: That's and <laughs> and for yeah, and for anybody which is so funny because you, you never hear anybody else ever refer to him that way. Um and then for anybody who doesn't know, quick story, the red baseball cap. That was your dad's.
3: Oh, you mean the one he wore? Yeah. Well Lance gave him that, actually, but it was, you know, part of my dad's uh, wardrobe there. So yeah. but Lance had it. Oh Landsat, but it was, your, it was your it was your it was your dad's cap. You know, yeah. And then he, he later on David to to Bruce. The way I get that story anyway, because <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really there. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. But the wonder bar, they when they were putting that together, my right? They put a special ramp in for my father there. Nice. They really took care of him. He was in a wheelchair, you know, and they really took good care of him down. There all
2: those is the wonder bar still a, a really good like location for, yep. for music yeah. and all or is it mostly it gets overshadowed by the stone pony
3: no no wonder bar has its own thing the, the yappy hour they the, dogs. Do it at the bar in the afternoons with all the dogs you know that's pretty cool i think we're <laughs> actually uh because i you know my band up in new jersey right now i'm down in florida but my band in New Jersey, the Wonderful Winos, we're yep. going to be playing the Wonder Bar. I think it's the 31st of July in the nice. afternoon from 6 till whatever time we play till. But I think the uh, Yappies are there then. So, and that's, if, that's you not bring, not your, sure bring your dog in. do quote me on that because I ain't sure that that's the, what the Yappy Hour does. They might be on Thursdays for all. <laughs> <Okay>. Nice.
2: Nice. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: But yeah, we
3: play, you know, we we play, we play there, we play a few different clubs around the shore, you know, and like I said, we're not world beaters. We just go and play music and have fun. And so, and like Gary C., the guitar player in the Wonderful Wino, he played it upstage. Oh, nice. You know? It's, you know, John Bryce, the bass player, he's been around for many, many years, many, many different bands, you know, and we all just kind of got together and uh, all of a sudden did it. And then we we did it with this other guy and he didn't work out too good, so we kept doing it. And <laughs> you know, that, that's what you do. It's gotta be and nice to play with it. friends too. Yeah, and we're friends. Yeah,
2: that's half nice.
3: You well, know, let's... not not enemies. We're not, you know, at all. There's there's not an ego in the band, except John Bryce, the bass player. He thinks he can tell jokes funnier than <laughs> me. But we have contests. <laughs>
0: Um, let's get into some music. Let's talk about uh, these songs. I want to start off. Let's start off with your song.
3: Sure. That sounds good.
0: You Oof. know, I've I've never really focused on the drums when listening to that song before, but obviously because this is kind of like where our conversation is surrounding today that I focused on it more. First of all, he's like pounding the hell out of those drums.
3: Yeah, he hits them. Yeah, <laughs> hits them real hard. He can make them, can make them talk. Yeah, they're he's he's
0: really smashing those things. And it's funny because it's so like it's it's pretty straight up. It's not very flashy at all until you get to that little breakdown near the end and he just starts going nuts for like the rest yeah, of the after, song.
3: After that when they're going out, he's yeah. he's got stuff cooking there, you know. And uh but hey, live recording, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Boy, pretty cool. What are you yeah. gonna do?
0: Make him do it again?
2: Not, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, with, with,
2: with, with that i mean obviously that's first song you played drums to at the, the the club and all that stuff did you get a chance in later years to meet ronnie Spector and to work with her i mean i know that well, uh, Southside had and and, and steven had done some stuff and everything And obviously she just passed and which is so sad but
3: well at the at the south side show at the stone pony ronnie Spector was there and we were all in the back room, which was the back room in those days. It wasn't the one they got now in that club around the corner. But uh, uh, she was there and, and she was she was singing. And, and myself and Bobby Cantonelle, who was the lead singer in The Shakes, he was there. And we were talking to Ronnie and we said, we know we can do all the background, <laughs> you know. So she said, You you guys can go on. So we did a couple of little things for her. She goes, okay, that's it. And we went up on stage and she came out, and we were me and Bobby were the Ronettes. for them. There you go. Talk about a full circle moment, huh? That was pretty incredible for me. Yeah. And another that's time cool. I remember because I hit I hit high, you know, the notes sometime, and they were at the bottom line New York City, and I was there. And I went, well. You know, I get I did one of those, but loud. You know, like, and she goes, "Who did that?" <laughs> and I turned around. I said, "It was just me. Remember me from the Pony and yeah. Sky?" But she was very
2: nice. So you, we're, we're going to add that to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, East Street founding member Ronette. So you have yeah. to put that. You know, when you do your, your book, that has to be in there as part of the title and Ronette stuff too.
3: Quotes because you were a <laughs> them. You were
0: a Ronette. <laughs> so. I, th- I think we have a, a pretty good idea, but t- tell me why you wanted to talk about this song. What else? What is about this song besides just, kind of the nostalgic just, memories that you have? What do you love
3: about it? The drums, her singing. Yeah. I mean, come on. That, like growing up, you're going, yep, that's pretty cool stuff right there. Never heard nothing like that before. Let's go. You know, all the kids, everybody, every dance, you had to play that song, you know, yeah. just became, and it was there forever. It's still there forever. Yeah, that's for me, that that's what it is. It's, and everyone knew it. Everyone wanted to know it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wanted to know. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and it, it, it it's just so cool. And it, and it holds up. it definitely me does. how it going hold up against anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ever, you know.
0: So I want to play a little bit of um, when we were talking about where it kind of switches from that kind of straight beat to a little bit more flashy when he kind of goes off near the end. I, I want to just highlight that so our listeners can hear kind of what we're talking about, see if I can find it here. Nice fills, too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Those fills. And uh, yeah, I, hear, I, I
3: stole every one of those.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to talk about Thundercrack later. And, and some of the stuff that I wrote down is just some crazy fills that you have in there, which are very reminiscent to this,
3: well, this style. It, this, for me, because I, 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 I don't read music. I don't, I've mm-hmm. never been taught by anybody how to play the drums. You know, I got Buddy showed me how to hold the sticks. And I went and talked to Purdy one time about it. But that's about. That's about it, you know. And everything I do is from hearing
0: what you hear, yeah.
3: What what it is, and it and some of it, and I'll go. Oh, hey, wait a minute! That'll go in my subconscious because I don't think about any of that stuff. Yeah, I and it goes there. So you know, it it, it all works out. You know.
0: So he he taught you how to hold the sticks. I saw a couple videos of you playing. You you hold it kind of the classical style, right? Where yes. Yeah, that's that. Do you know there, there's different ways you can hold drumsticks? Do you know that, Dad?
3: Well, I go, I go both ways. Yeah, you know, I do, I do the British method too. Yeah. I do hold them like this when I'm playing like like when I play, I have a duo I do down here in Florida we're called the Hula Hoo Boys. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and of course you are. Of with, course you with are, Tony Hall. You know, <laughs> I have pictures. So I'm not going to send them, but um, <laughs> I, I use these. They're called monster brushes and they're they're nice and they're thin, but they're adjustable. But I hold them this way now when I'm playing. Yeah. Regular and hold it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cause you don't I feel like you don't see a lot of rock drummers. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's not how it is. It's a claw of a hammer.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like you don't see a lot of rock drummers playing with that kind of classic style of, of No, everybody's of holding on sticks. this. Yeah, it
3: is easier to get around the drums like this.
0: Yeah, is that just how you learned? Holding it that That's
3: way. Just, no, yeah. yeah, I got a callus right here that doesn't go away.
0: <laughs> That's interesting.
3: And, and I, here,
0: I mean, I'm not a drummer, but every time I've tried, I don't think I've ever even thought about holding the sticks that way. I I, I know people that do it from you know marching band and stuff, but uh, it just it's just interesting to me how how you play that because, like I said, a lot of rock drummers you don't
3: see. You don't see doing that. Well, so. you, you 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 don't hold the stick here. You hold the stick right there. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where that's where if there's any pressure, this just is a guide, but the pressure is here. Yeah. And in that hand, you're playing that. You have to be able to I can let go with the fingers and still have control with the stick.
0: Yeah. And you can find that balance spot, right? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. so let's finish up with this song so what if you so we ask a couple questions to each other every time we talk about a song we you know we, we talk about we, we kind of go through and like what do you love about this song what are some specific things like is there any standout moment in this song that really kind of sticks out to you or is it just kind of the whole feeling of the entire well
3: the whole you know the whole Phil Spector wall of sound stuff yep so lush for, for me it's the break
0: yeah, that we played you know, earlier.
3: Well, he picks it, you know, and you don't know, later, you don't go boom, boom. He goes boom, boom, yeah. boom. You know, I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's just like, it gives it a little more flavor.
3: He finishes right his whole thing there. He finishes it, and then he goes to it, and it's there when he goes. To me, that's it. Learned me a lot there.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine, like, listening to that trying to learn it like you have to listen to those tiny little things the other couple questions that we ask each other are if you could have anyone alive or dead do a cover of this song who would you want to hear play this song Why don't I...
3: Darlene Love? all right
0: crazy <laughs> good voice
2: yeah. crazy good voice or
3: Leon, Orleone Holmes now who's that now that is Dolores Holmes daughter
2: oh okay okay,
3: yeah Dolores was in the Bruce Springsteen band and she uh, you know with Tim McClune's. Thing she sings or used so Dolores is gone now, but her daughter León is quite the same Really, okay. Yes, have to
2: look into that. Is she a solo act? Does she have a band? or, or she? She a-
3: does. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of there. She has. She has a, a you know a duo or you know at least maybe a little band. Quartet that she plays with. Nice.
2: Which, All right, we'll have to look that. We'll, put, we'll have to put that in the show notes too to make sure people can find the link to that too. Oh, so. yeah.
3: For sure. Oh, of course. All
0: right, Dan, I'm going to hand it back off to you because I know you have like a million questions you want to ask. So before we get into uh, our next song, but go ahead and. Uh...
2: So one of, one of the first songs that uh, I was introduced to with the Springsteen with my life and soundtrack of my life was uh, E Street Shuffle, which has so much of a drum presence in it. Can you tell a little bit about how that all came about, number one? Number two, the other question is, how is it in the recording studio when Bruce comes with something like, hey, I've got this song, it's called Blinded by the Light. It's got a few words in it. Let let, let me play Let me play it for you and see what you think. Like when, when you have that kind of sound when, with that kind of, amount of vocals do you just sit there and say okay let's go i mean how, how does that all of a sudden come to come to how fruition it come together, when, he, yeah. when he shows I, it up and
3: with that My like in blinded all right so he when he comes in of course he's going to have all the words but he's playing the guitar or he would sit and, and play the piano okay one or the other uh, at rehearsal they were both there and uh i'd just go with what he's playing I didn't listen to no words, <laughs> you know, neither did Danny. Danny didn't listen to no words. Danny and him got more intricate at times, you know, and and so but they talk about that. You know, Bruce wanted to hear a specific thing. He would tell me, but most more often than not, he wasn't. He was worried about his words getting out. Yep. The rhythm. That you know the song. We went through songs a few times to get the right rhythm. They probably do that a million times now. Now they're a lot more technical than when I was there. You know
2: so about so that. He would just stuff. he would just jump in and say, "I trust your judgment." Kind of fill in to make sure we got the kind right. of right and vibe wanted, and the right feel.
3: If he wanted to hear something, of course, he'd say, "Hey, hey, put a couple of snaps in here." You know, you know, mainly from me when we were rehearsing in the harmonies. He'd want to hear I'd bend the space notes till I sang real high harmony. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> but space that's notes. That's because you. That's because
2: you were runt. Come on, <laughs>
3: yeah. Space notes. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and, what, and what about East Street Shuffle? Well, East Street Shuffle w- was quite the same thing. Brings it in. So I guess I don't know. They needed a more uptown song, but he said funky. We want this funky, you know. So what the hell's funk, you know? We don't know. The hell's <laughs> <funky>. <laughs> okay. And he's playing this stuff, so I just went along what he what he's playing, you know. And just we got through the song, a few chain, you, you record it, and then you go in and you listen back, and 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 all of a sudden Bruce would go, well, wait a minute, right here we're going to try this. And uh, we he'd play it, and we'd go back in and go over it once, and then do the song again, you know. And then at the very end of that song, right, we all got drunk, everybody in the studio and did all of that hooting and you here. Yeah, you played a mean cornet in that, by the way, I understand. I, so. I played the cornet, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not very well, but I do play the <laughs> Because drunk. everybody was drunk, that's why. <laughs> but, but it was Gary on tuba, me on the cornet, Albie Tolone on the baritone saxophone, Clarence. You know, I mean, what do you got to do? Yeah. You're <laughs> there. Here. That sounds
2: so fun to play. On the yeah, it sounds so fun yeah. to play. All right, back to you. You ready? Before we get sure. on to the, uh, I want to hear the, the next song too, with the um, the song that you, you chose. But before that, Mad Dog story. Where did, the, where did Mad Dog come from? <laughs> <All right.
3: laughs> yeah. now, You've never been it. asked
2: this question. I know, probably ever, right?
3: Because in my book, when if people read it and if people buy it, it's called the first beat of E Street. By the way. Nice. One thing in there is, you know, I'm a mad dog. I can't get out. That's the way it is wherever I go. Okay. And people have this image in their mind of what I did. Now, in the early days, I might not have been the easiest guy to get along with. (laughs) Okay. And I have no bones. If I had to do over, I'm still going to protect my friends. That's the way it is. Now, all the bar fights and stuff I've been in, I can count on one hand. I never really been in too many knockdown drag out fights. You know, people have this imagination that I've been in a lot of fights. No, I haven't. I know how to run. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's smart. Out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and when you can't, that's when you're, you're in it and you get beat up. Cause I'm no tough guy. <laughs> you know? Never have been there. I'm just tall. That's all, you know? So I'm going to dispel some of these rumors, but see, Mad Dog, when we all had to have, with Dr. Zoom and the Sonic Boom, when we had that band, because it was myself and Big Bobby, you know, he was Bobby Williams, I was Vincent Lopez, well, Bruce said, we all got to have nicknames, you know, (laughs) so I became Mad Man, and he became Big Bobby, because he was Big Bobby. (laughs) <laughs> okay and we were double drummers and everybody had Southside Johnny had to have a nickname on there, Southside Johnny yeah everybody so and we made the album now we're out in LA or someplace yeah LA where we played a troubadour or something well like anyway our set didn't work out very well prior to this thing in LA all my clothes got stolen so Gary Talent and I it didn't matter my clothes were stolen every Everywhere we went, we always went to Salvation Army's shopping because <laughs> they had good clothes in there, bowling shirts, all this stuff we liked. <laughs> so all my clothes were stolen. So we went to the Salvation Army and I found some uh, Yankee pinstripe pants, neat, neat ones. I got me some long socks, found some sneakers. And I could, the only thing I could find that fit me was this jockey silk. It was purple and green, you know, purple here, green there, orange. It was all different, multicolored. And I. there was a red bowler that I got. <laughs> and we did this show, and that's all the clothes I had. Everything else was gone. <laughs> so we did the show, and it went, and the show didn't go off right. One of the amplifiers stopped right before Bruce was going to play the electric part of the show. Oh, didn't geez. work. And I'm coming down off the stage, and, and Clive Davis was there. And he, said, he goes, Vinny, come here. I said, what's up? He goes, don't you all have nicknames? You know, he's referring to you know, Dr. Zoom. And I said, yeah, in the Zoom band, we all had nicknames. He goes, well, what was your nickname? He goes, well, I was mad man. He goes, look at you, the clothes you're wearing. He goes, you're not mad man anymore. You're a mad dog. He said. <laughs> and then I don't know who heard it, but all of a sudden now I'm mad dog. Yeah.
2: You don't argue with Clive Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: And I went, and then I said, Bruce, that's mad dog. He goes, it's going to make you famous. (laughs) (laughs) And it has. (laughs) So I I said, well, gee, and then went and took karate lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Because through the years, I have been tested on this mad dog thing. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, you get tested if you're a mad dog. But I always could either get my way out of it or act freaking nuts. Like a mad dog, get away with it. Nice. You know, nice, get away with it. So, and because uh, I always had a habit, of, if I was getting surrounded, the big one's going first, <laughs> and That's he right. knew it, and they'd all this and I could run
2: because he was a mad dog.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. That's it awesome. Was a big thing in my life. You know, and it's funny how, of,
2: I'm, and that was what sixties, Se- yeah.
3: no seventies, seventies,
2: seventies, seventies. And to yeah. this day, it still sticks. So, Oh,
3: it's, it's there.
2: Yeah, you can never get rid of it. So.
3: But you know what Mad Dog spelled backwards is, right? Go ahead. Goddamn.
2: There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, How long did it take you to figure that out? To the 80s or 90s? Or did you know no, that right away?
3: No, I, had <laughs> I had a shirt that said it in the front. <laughs> in the back.
2: Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, let's get on to your second song. We could do this all day. This is terrible. We could be here for, for hours.
0: Sean, go ahead. Well, why don't do you, do you want to play it? I mean,
3: where what? Thundercrack?
0: did you want to do Crown Liquor? Oh, yeah, Crown, the Crown Liquor song.
3: If if you want to play it, you can. That's Eddie Eddie Mannion on this version. You know.
0: Who just uh
2: we uh released his newest album as well. Yeah, which I can, is Really uh, good.
0: I can maybe just play like a little snippet of it so we can, and then we can talk about it because sure. we've been going fifty minutes already. I don't want to make it too long, but uh, here I'll play a little bit of this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you are you are slamming those drums as well. Not only you have the vocals on that, but you're slamming those drums. You you play hard, too.
3: Well, I, I've always played hard. Mm-hmm. You know, Buzzy told me when I first started playing, he showed me how to hold the sticks. And I first got on his drums. He goes, he says, you don't tap them. You make them talk. That's what Buzzy told me. Make wow. the drums talk. So don't just tap the tom-tom. Hit the tom-tom. dead in the center. Make get no- it, it notice what
2: it does. Yeah, get noticed. You're not in the background. You, you you play hard. Wow. Okay. That's
3: what the drums supposed to do. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you got a pretty stripped down kit too. It's just basic five yeah. five piece. Nothing nothing crazy.
3: I make plenty of noise with just the uh, stuff that I use. You know, yeah. I don't need any more.
0: Yeah, that's always. It, it, hey, when it, I when I
3: play down here with uh, with Tony Hall, and the Hula Hula Boys, uh, I just use my snare drum. Oh, really? Tambourine foot. Oh, wow. And we we sing and he plays guitar. And we do fine. I'll make you think I hit a symbol.
0: Ah,
2: oh, there you go.
3: <laughs> it's 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 something and I don't, but I'll make you <laughs> think that I did. But when we play the songs, it becomes very full. I'm always singing, I'm doing maybe bass notes in the back. I do stuff, we have a good time. And he he knows thousands of songs. He has like New York City phone book, like this <laughs> song books. He's got like six of them. And he just goes like this. Somebody asked for a song. He goes, oh, "Oops, puts this one up." Yep. Okay. Gonna, <laughs> I don't know what song it's gonna do. do
2: Nice. Now we're in Florida. Is that so we can promote that? So when you, you oh, know, well, oh we,
3: we 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 live. Tony and I live in Largo, Florida, which is south of Clearwood.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: Okay. But we play at a place called. uh, Jimmy Guanas in Indian Rocks Beach. All right, some Sunday afternoons. We don't we don't make a habit out
2: of it. We have to keep an eye out for that.
3: (laughs) No. So are you are you in Florida full time now, or are you there just for the uh In May, I'm coming back, and I'm getting my. I ordered a Chevy, but I got two cataracts, so I got to get them fixed in May. Oh, there you go. Okay. But in June, we're gonna the wonderful Winos will be be out playing. uh, Nice. Certain gigs, you
2: know, and mostly local in the Asbury Park area.
3: You know, islands Chubby Pickle up there. You know, we play in the, we play at the DLA Pub and Company or whatever that's called now. And you know, the Wonder Bar. We we play. We're going to be playing at Bar A. Nice afternoon. You know.
2: And so you're in Florida now. You know that yeah. it's killing us because it's about, I think it's about two below up here now in New Hampshire where we are. And Sean's oh. in the in the basement, freezing down there and yeah, stuff. It's oh. cold.
3: <laughs> All right. That's, I see you got your woolies on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, gonna, I was, I told him I was wrapped up in a blanket before we came too, but it's not very rock and roll to get on a podcast wrapped in a blanket.
3: It was, it was chilly here this morning when I got up. Go ahead. Was, what?
0: Yeah. What was it like? 59. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. So 56. sorry to hear <laughs> that. Sorry, <laughs> guys. That.
2: Well, I just retired. I might come on down and join you at some point. So, you know, yeah, we're going to yeah. head down that way. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. So tell us about this song. This is a Bill Chinnick song as well, yep. correct? Or is this, yes. a, now, did you play this with Steel Mill or is this something that you picked well, up no, with Bill?
3: because Danny and I played with Bill in the downtown Tangiers Rock and Rhythm and Blues Band, as we called it, the TD, DD, and DD. There's uh, a t shirt for you. <laughs> but we, we, we were out on the road when the Electric Circus tour. We got to do one of those tours, like 40 Cities, you know, and and we were quite the quartet, you know, and it was good. But eventually, as all bands do, it broke up. Okay, so Danny and I really, you know, still wanted to to play together. And that's actually when we met uh, Bruce. Okay, but Bill wrote Crown Liquor then. And we used to do it. Back then, now all the years go by, you know, and, and here we are we're out of the band. We meet Bruce. And then one of the very first songs we learned in Steel Mill was Crown Liquor. Wow. A song called Jennifer that Bruce wrote. That's there's no, I don't know if there's any recordings of that. I, that's hmm. probably the only song that there's no recordings of. Really? Wow. Uh, Jennifer, it was called. And then we used to drive down Route 33 to go to the surfboard factory to rehearse every day, and we'd pass Eli's Funeral Home. It was up on the right on the hill up there. Bruce wrote a song about Eli's Funeral Home (laughs) that we did in in Steel Mill, but we needed songs. So Danny said, hey, what about Crown Liquor? I said, oh, yeah, Crown Liquor. We could do it, and we played, because we did have a version of it somewhere and then uh, Bruce said, "Yeah, we'll do it." But we didn't do the version that Bill did. We did a whole different version of it. And there are recordings of that somewhere. Nice, yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Bill Mill Crown of Liquor and find it. You know, nice. Uh, probably not a real good recording or anything. But yeah, we we did Crown of Liquor. And then uh, years later, uh, you know, I played in the band again with, with Bill, not Danny. And um, and just before actually, I didn't know Bill was going to die. And I was, you know, I had some time and I wanted to do those records I did. You know, two records I did. And one of the songs I wanted to do was Crown Liquor. So I called Bill up, you know, and I said, hey, Bill, I want to put Crown Liquor on one of my CDs. Can I do it? And he goes, sure. I said, well, if there's any extra words or something, please send it to me. Right? So he goes, hey, no problem. About two days later, I get a thing and it's Crown Liquor with him playing piano and singing it, okay? And he sends me. And then we're going to do the recording, and he shocked. He he died. Wow. Wow. Okay, so now I got the recording. And what I did was we took the first verse of him on the piano, made it sound like a scratchy record. At him sing the first verse and me sing harmony with him. And then for the second verse, it builds into the band the full band. band. Yeah, yeah. Not Bill anymore. But he's all through it doing his grunts and groans that he used to do. You can hear him in the background doing his thing, you know, Bill. So that was my kind of, but I, you know, I talked to Terry about doing that just like, you know, and little William, my good buddy, his son. You know, and, uh, but there, you know, it's, 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 all good. And, uh, I like that recording, yeah, that's a, the scratchy record. You know, that's but, cool. A nice tribute to him. Well, it's, uh, that's the only way I could, could have done it. Cause that when, once he started doing it and playing the piano and singing, that's how it goes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So do you think of him every time you play
3: him? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah nice. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're actually, um, in the the wonderful winos coming up uh, at some point, we're going to throw some old Bill Chinnick songs in our set. You know, uh, something for everybody is going to be in our set. We're going to do Big George Walker, the Great Northern, barefisted prize fighting barroom king. That's, that's <laughs> a good one there. Uh, yeah, we're going to do stuff by Bill.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he, he ended up living up here in Maine, in no, uh, New he, England, right? He,
3: he was in Maine for many years. I played up there with him. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I lived in Hampton Highlands outside of Bangor. Mm-hmm. You know, and Vladimir Slavchenko, he lived in Bangor. He was the bass player. Harry King, who's he lives in Texas now, but he was our keyboard guy. You know, it, it, Maine, you know, it's all cool. Bob uh, Bill married Terry Curless who was Dick Curlis' daughter. Dick okay. Curlis, Aaron, in the country music, he played with Buck Owens and Will and really? Jennings, all those guys. God. And he lived in Maine. And You know, at the end, before he died, I got to go. He had a railroad. He, they put a railroad track into his property so that when it was wintertime, he could tour with Buck Owens. I saw that. <laughs> come
2: on <laughs> I saw that yeah that I actually funny. saw that because actually um William was talking about that at one point on, on his that's, Facebook that's site great. and he was did you stay in the, the car or something like that during the no no or someone
3: did or something I remember he probably did yeah They're I not, remember him talk about that so they threw bill god. out of that house he probably had to go in there so.
2: god the lineage the lineage crazy but then
3: they were good like dick Curlis was good friends with Stephen King there you right. go. so along with the Stephen King book Right, you'll he'll say, and the Baron, and when you hear him say the Baron, because Dick Curless is the Baron of country music. When (laughs) come on, really Baron, that's that's Dick Curless. They were good buddies. Wow, again the lineage, you (laughs) know. But but Maine, I love Maine. We we went to Maine last year, you know, and hung out for a few weeks. Bar Harbor, Sugarloaf, and then Old Orchard. It was cool.
2: There you go. Mm -hmm. I was just up in Old Orchard myself in the fall. So not too far from here.
3: Yeah, yeah, I remember. We used to play there when I was with the the Bill Chinnick band up there. We used to play there when there was gambling down there in all the places. Oh, that York. was a
2: honky tonk. That was a place to be.
3: Yeah, back yeah. then the Iron Horsemen they used to come see us. You know, the motorcycle gang up there they used to love <laughs> Bill.
2: <laughs> so tell My, us about this this particular recording. Yes, to tell us a little bit about that, especially with Eddie on on sax and stuff. This was this well, was at the Hall of Fame, correct?
3: This is at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. And uh, see, every year I get, I get the, uh, the privilege, the honor to go out there and play with, with the wonderful winos. We, we just go out and we're, we don't make any pretensions. We play for the afternoon and have, have a good time, you know. And uh, our sax player that we normally use, Frank Fresh, he has a condition, he can't travel. So if we go anywhere out of his traveling zone, we have to get another sax player. So Eddie lives out in Pittsburgh. right? So I called him up, you know, and uh, I said, hey, would you want to do the gig with us? And he has no idea of the songs we do. <laughs> you know, but we sent him some songs and sent him some stuff. And he was gracious enough to come out there and 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 play with us. And, you know, we, we get the treatment. It's it's pretty good when you go to the hall. We got, got to see the whole hall and, you know, you have dinner and it, it's all good. And, uh, but Eddie... It, it's great. And that's, that's how the song basically always went, you know, depending on like if Bill was doing it, his mood, whether it was fast or slow, he set the pace, you know? Yeah. So that's what we do. Some nights it's a little slower. Some nights it's a little faster, you know, who, who knows? You that's know, like who, life. That's like, <laughs> like me. It starts out slow, but <laughs> then slows way down at the end.
2: <laughs> Sean, what did you, what did you think of that one? Cause that's one I've heard that
0: song before. I had never heard that song before. No, I it, I, I need to track down a, a more clear recording of it because, you know, the live cell oh, phone yeah. recordings are always kind of tough to, to get to listen real good. But well,
3: uh, check if you can see because somewhere my CDs on somewhere and you can hear it somewhere, it's
0: probably behind you somewhere, Dad.
3: No, yeah. I don't have it here. <laughs> I, I, I might oh, have you it got back it. here.
0: I might um, have it. I, I have
3: a few. Oh, the Dead Sea Chronicles. I think it's on that. <laughs> one. I'm not sure, but um, on that, it's, it's pretty clear. And that's got yeah. different. It was in the studio. It was different to be to be able to do it. So it was different guys on. There.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Sounds fun though. Sounds like a fun song well, to play.
3: When the, as far as Bill uh, having a recording of Bill doing it, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't have that one that he sent me. It's in New Jersey. It's not here. I got, got it. You. Nice.
0: Right. Well, I don't want this to go for too long, so I want to talk a little bit about Thundercrack. And the problem with this song is it's long, and there's <laughs> there's a lot going on in this yes. song. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on. The um, least. Yeah, definitely. But this is one of my favorite songs because um, uh, I, I I'm a guitar player. So you can imagine that I would really like this song. There's some really, really good guitar work in this and some really...
3: Yeah, you cuts
0: loose. With some really fun solos. Um, But one thing that I actually love, I, I made a bunch of notes and we don't need to go through all of them, but one thing that I love in this song is the the guitar at the very beginning. And I just want to play a couple of these so people... I, I think people listening don't... May, they might not know this song. Right. If they think about Bruce. You know, a lot of people that listen, if they're not hardcore Bruce fans, they may just think it's like, born in the usa right <laughs> and dancing in the dark but um this this <laughs> no. song has a much more stripped down uh straightforward rocking feel to it like some of the older stuff and and I, I i love the the guitar in the very beginning at 27 seconds in after that little uh vocal intro that they do which i'm guessing you're singing on
3: yeah everybody's saying yeah
0: <laughs> you better those little fills right here yeah. and it's so it's so clean but it's like not it's not tight I don't I just it's a really good way to start this song and I really love that that intro but um I, what, can, you, still, can you give us some I thoughts mean, uh, about the this song it
3: almost became loose Bruce and the caboose you know <laughs> no way <laughs> 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 vinny can you give us some
0: some insight about this song from your from your point of view
3: well you know it's it's one of those in in the studio it wasn't very you know it was all on good headphones and there was no click track because that was me so you know uh, everything flows off of what bruce is doing Mm -hmm. and and we always did it didn't matter we always did uh there was a vocal track there that Bruce was doing so we could know where we were in the song. Mm-hmm. And that's how you know. But it's another one of those songs that goes on and on. And as it went that's on it. and on, it, it, does. it grew. You know, it grew. Now, the, the live version is probably uh, you know, longer than what Bruce put out as uh because danny and i actually when bruce was putting that out he said well i want you guys to sing the harmonies on it because you were there and there was none of that because when we recorded it way back they we didn't finish it oh yeah did not finish it so there's a lot of stuff in the middle there that's that's gone
0: oh okay
2: you know
3: so like in the the um the uh there's a live version out and it's actually clarence on Baby's back
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah. That, that, I actually almost did that live version. Um, yeah. I'm for not this, sure but...
3: that on the version that Bruce put out, that he, that's Clarence saying that because Clarence wasn't there.
0: He wasn't there. Oh, there you go. I think. But, so uh, you, you talked about uh, how yeah. you tended to, when you're doing your, your fills and stuff like that, you would follow the music more than the vocals, right? I know some people take the, uh, Approach yes. to to follow with the 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 vocal melody, but uh, I think it's pretty clear that you were locked in more tightly with uh, piano the piano and bass. Yeah, or,
3: or the piano.
0: Or, yeah, or, or, and I actually wait. have a really good example of that around one twenty one one twenty two. You you do a drum fill that is lined up right with uh, a bass fill at the same time. So for listeners who are just hearing this for the first time, I want you to try to listen to the drums and the bass uh, specifically in this when I when I play this little little clip gotta use both I don't know if anyone heard that um, but when you play that the bass is is and you're playing it at the exact same time that you do the snare fill right here oh yeah okay and there's a lot of that in this song I feel like you're following the bass really heavily in this song
3: we've looked at each other a lot yeah yeah Gary and I made it possible for all them guys to go on tangents and then come back to the one, you know, where we all got to end up after that solo. Mm. You know, we kept cohesion there and that's all. Of course we did licks. You know, I liked playing Tom Toms along with the bass. It was good. It was fun.
0: Yeah. I played, so I played in a band for um, a bunch of years in Boston and I played bass and I was always trying to lock in with our drummer. Same thing. Like we would always kind of be watching each other
3: throughout the whole thing. Well, it's important for, for the kicks because the kicks still got to happen, even though they're not doing right. However it works, you know? Right. Uh,
0: I just want to play a couple more clips. One drum look that always kind of stood out to me. Uh, I'll just, I'll just play it here. Right after she grinds, it's just a quick little fill that really kind of leads it into the next.
2: You know, you know I mean it's it's, it's it's
0: a standard fill, but it's just with the with everything else dropping out right there, it just it's like the perfect way to fill that little space and I, like I said, I'm not one to really focus on the drums as much when I listen to music, but when I've every time I listen to this song, I like I'll sing that drum fill as, as I'm listening, <laughs> like in my head, you know, like that's one that for some reason stands out to me a lot. So well, I just they, wanted to highlight. You
3: know, in the, in those, and and it, it, like, if I'm really like in Rosalita, when we were recording that, there's mm-hmm. a part in there where I can, I'm, I'm, I'm on, on hitting the cymbals and hitting the snare. But Mike Appel was in the window across the room from me and he's flailing his arms. Like he wants me to start going. And so when I see that, He's the producer. <laughs> what do I start doing?
0: Like, uh, <laughs> start flailing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you know, okay, that's what we do. You know, so, but you know, it's recording uh, Thundercrack, all those songs because we did a lot of different songs that didn't come out. Uh, yeah, didn't come out on that first or second album. And there's Santa other-
2: Ana, seaside song, that kind of, a, of
3: Yeah, you know, and they're all in that venue you know cowboys of the sea you
2: know
0: stuff just stuff i mean
3: we do wonderful winos do cowboys oh really nice nice so
0: i just got two more and this is more for the listeners more than us i mean we all know the song pretty well but uh, i just wanted to highlight some of these things for the listeners so they can really just get a sense of of what this song is uh and then so this second to last one I'm gonna do is another example of you kind of matching up with the music, uh, but this is during the, that big guitar solo that I talk about, okay. um, and it's clear that that the solo was not just improvised from, you know, they played it once and then, <laughs> and, that, and that was it, because you're matching up with, with the notes and the rhythms of the actual guitar solo in this, which is interesting.
3: Right there. That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. Right at the. that I stole from somebody. Right there.
0: Who'd you steal it from?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I don't. God, every, you <laughs> I heard fifty drummers do it.
0: But I mean that that's the thing. You know, when you're listening, like if you're at a show or something, and you and it, the guitarist goes off in a guitar solo, you can't it plan gets. for things like this. But when when you know what the guitarist is going to do you can plan for something like this and it it just adds so much more meat to the to that part of the song than just playing a straight beat while the guitarist is just
3: doing what you know doing well i think they wanted me to do. play a straight beat uh, but I, I i couldn't do it
0: but drummers are stubborn
3: <laughs> what's that
0: but drummers are stubborn
3: yeah yes they are we
0: had, yeah, but we, we had we just uh, don't
3: put equipment away <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had lib lib devito on um and he had some similar stories oh. of just like you know s- this being a stubborn drummer and uh no, always... no,
3: liberty's cool
0: yeah did you ever get to to uh interact with him or play with him a at all a
3: couple of times we have traded old war
2: stories yes yeah. <laughs>
0: he,
3: yeah, was was great, he was a
2: great he was a great guest he was a great guy yeah nice guy
0: yeah we like we love our drummers over here we get a lot of drummers on the show You know, <laughs> you guys are always willing to come talk to us and we appreciate that
3: I do I do that Twitter stuff, so I see him on there, and sometimes on Facebook, you know. And I always tweet and he retweets, and we have fun.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, so I just got one last thing. It's uh, five five minutes into this. I mean, this is a eight and a half minute song, which is yes. why which is why we're not playing the that's whole the short thing. version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The live version is is even longer, for sure. Uh, but I just wanted to play this just so, because we haven't really highlighted too much of your drumming in this right now, you know, we, we've we've hit some specific parts in this song, but I, I just want to play a little clip so people can just hear some of your fills and and hear the style of drumming that you do um, or that you did when at on this track at least. <laughs> I mean, wow. it, it's relentless. You're busy. It's relentless. It's nonstop. How do you, how do you maintain that? <laughs> how do you do that?
3: Uh, it, it's just, it just repeat and repeat and repeat. Uh, you, grow, you build up a stamina, which probably uh, in today's world now, I probably wouldn't have the stamina to hmm. uh, do all of those songs like we used to do. You know, I'd probably poop out somewhere, but, <laughs> but, but, but recently though, uh, with, with, uh, the steel mill retro band, we did do a show in Nashville and I'm not Knoxville. And, uh, it was really, really hot and we played for two hours and I made it through. And, uh, I was a dead person at the end <laughs> and the next day, <laughs> leave, I, it I, I, out, I did, leave it all out, leave it all out and poured beer into me. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how old would you have been when,
2: uh, you were doing Thundercrack?
3: 21, two.
2: Yeah, so we were kids. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Been there I was uh, born forty nine. You know, so
0: wow, seventy two. I don't know. Good your you.
3: 39.
0: So I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, oh, I'm fine. I, I I want to hear <laughs> if you have any. So two things. One, if you have, I want to know if you have any advice for any young drummers that want to get better at their craft, expand their horizons, or really, you know. Like, what advice would you give young drummers today?
3: If I was going to show some young kid how to do something, I would make sure, because all the flashy stuff in the world, right, is is okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what makes, you know, you you got to be able to do fills and stuff. But the most important thing you got to do is, it's straight beat. Keep the beat. Yeah. So if I was going to show somebody how to do it now, I'd say, okay, here. Do play what you want to play right now for two minutes. And they bang away, bang away. And then I say, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I want you to do. Do that for 10 minutes. No fills. Stay on the tempo.
2: Really restrained. Yeah.
3: Just do that. And then go ahead back to some more fills if you want. And then go back to another beat. And is that kind of how you
0: pra- How you would run your little practice sessions when you would practice? That's
3: what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. I do it every day with my fingers, my feet. No. Never lose the beat. Nope. You know, if I'm listening to, I don't care what it is, TV show, radio, CDs, I, I, there's a song going on. You know, Hawaii, you know, it's all good. <laughs> you got to practice.
0: That and, that and play along with the Ronettes, right?
3: Yeah, and, all play along with their honors. and the Hula and, Boys yeah. Yeah.
0: well the Hula Boys we're a different crowd <laughs> <laughs> awesome um, are there any other stories or anything I want to talk about the book in a second but uh, before we yeah. sign off but any any other stories or, or moments in your career that stand out that you just you, you love to talk about or, or you haven't spoken or,
3: about
2: that you think questions you've never
3: been asked Oh well, no there's none of them I don't think <laughs> but um, you know what I really, really enjoy now, we haven't been able to do it for the past few years, is we do the Light of Day Europe Tour to bring awareness of Parkinson's disease in Europe, all over the world, really. And uh, we haven't been able to do that. And that's, that's one of the things I really, I, I hope I'm in shape to do at least one more tour. You know, we'll see. I don't know. But those people really do some good stuff, and I also do work with the uh, City of Angels. It's called in Trenton, New okay. Jersey, and it's about addiction. And, okay. you know they they save people, so I help them out, and we do shows and we do golf tournaments because that's another thing I do was golf. You know, uh, I mean I've been caddying for Mark McCormick for thirty years. You know, and through that golf tournaments come to light, and it's all about charity, and it's all about. Uh, helping people. So that's where it's at.
0: Amazing. Awesome. So, last thing, let's talk about the book. The book. Yeah.
3: The First Beat of E Street. Nice. First Beat of E Street. Yeah, cuz the first place that I ever really played drums with a band in front of anybody was uh on the corner of E Street and 13th Avenue at the Methodist Church that's there and the preacher asked us if we could, could. he heard us rehearsing he said hey come down and entertain the kids so we packed up all the stuff and me and Sonny and Joey and everybody went down there and played a couple of minutes for the kids yep first beat of East Beat so that's where that half comes from I think
2: from. I saw a picture of you at the um, the marker is that going to be the cover I don't I I don't know what the cover is going <laughs> to I think I've seen <laughs> that picture
3: as I was creeping on all your so, stuff so.
0: so is it mostly you telling your story
3: it's it's it, it's me, and it's about me. So all through it is is what I'm talking about. But I've inter- reviewed many, many, many of my friends, hmm. and during the time of the you know the, the time frame of the book, when it comes to it, they have their own stories about stuff, you know, and what happened then, and now here's something else, and here's steel mill days, and some people from then that, but. Also, people from back then are still there, you know. So all these people are going to be intertwined through the book, too. You know, Uh, it's 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 I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to be mainly. It's not a Jersey Shore history book. It's because it's still going on. I still play with Sonny and I still (laughs) I still know Tom White from the Rogues. You know, I mean, we play golf now, you know, so. (laughs) there's it, it, all kinds of stuff in it and uh we're working very hard on it right now in fact he sends me like today sent me 10 questions you know so i send them back the answers to those questions that i got written. you know what scent makes you feel mellow you know that kind of stuff i said oil oh, well. <laughs> so what's well, what's yeah. you what's your <laughs> right what's, what's your
2: expected timeline would you say
3: Well, we're going to try and have this thing ready uh, by the uh, end of the summer. Nice. Okay. Now, uh, we also, we don't have a publisher or anything yet. So that's all something that I got to try and work on pretty soon. But we don't want to go there empty handed. So we're getting together a whole, we have massive stuff, you know. And I, I, I try to get people when they're talking about something, place they were with me, they don't have to talk. The worst part of all the stuff that's in my book is going to be about me because I ain't trashing nobody. <laughs> it's man. all going to be good stories about where we were and what we did, where I was and what I did with Danny Federici wasn't always where Bruce and they were. We were someplace else. Or when me and Clarence were doing this, we weren't with those other guys. You know, we were over here doing this. It's something, you know, only we're going to know. Nice. I'm but going to straighten out a couple of gray pages in Clarence's book. Say that again. Uh, Clarence, in his book, he has some gray pages where they read either truth or they weren't. You know, uh, you couldn't tell the difference. He told you which ones it was. So I'm going to put a stop to one of them. Uh,
2: okay. Was that in Big Man?
3: In the song, in this book, the Big line? Man? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, no, I'm going to go, it's in the other room. I'm going to go check it out right now. After this.
0: <laughs> well, we're definitely looking forward to that book and we're going to keep uh, following you to make sure we get all the updates on it. So we know when it comes out and when hey, it does come out, we'll make sure we share it with our audience and everything.
3: Yeah. Well, we can always check me on Facebook. Cause that's really, a, I don't have a website or anything uh, going on like that, you know, but Facebook, I'm always there on Twitter. I'm there, but I just lay in the weeds there. It's just its <laughs> yeah. too much on Twitter. you get in trouble real quick. So
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I i find myself kind of being more of a consumer than <laughs> than a producer
2: yeah, on social yeah, media think, anyway
3: oh hey that that's funny uh, good
2: <laughs> yeah yeah right well once it comes out well, you're welcome to come on back we'd like to see if you can help promote well, it as well too so i would love to have you come back
3: you'll you'll know when something's going to go on with with the book you know because ray and i were he's he's got to be he's just doing the narrative you know so He's working on that real hard right now, but there's just so much. Yeah, it's you know.
2: There's got to be a million stories. And how do you kind of wade through all of it? All right, well, you right? can't
3: use everything. Right. And like I said, I'm not trashing nobody. It's not going to be about money and agents and all that stuff. It's going to be when we're all in the car doing delirium poetry, you know, that, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, awesome. Because that's well, where you spend most of your time. People think, oh, hey, uh, you go to Europe every year. You see the world and say, yeah from the inside of this jet or the van that we're in because you <laughs> right by that-, right. well, that hotel room that's it
2: yeah
0: yeah it's not, not a vacation <laughs> too right? <laughs> um anything else that you want to get out there while you have the platform
3: uh just uh thank everybody to you know my fans out there thank you very much and uh, keep on uh, keep on doing good be safe you know the main thing in this day and age is try and be safe you know make good you point. safe and you're Fellow man, safe. you know, think about the other guy sometimes.
0: Uh, I love that. Dad, you got anything else? Nope. Just a
2: huge honor. Uh, I, I was one of those guys that, you know, when you were thinking about the Ronettes and how it was this moment of, you know, when you got together and you met them and played for them after listening to them for the first time playing. This is my moment. Same thing. You know, yes. I grew I grew right. up on on it, you know, um, where I'm pandering a little more and I've got my Rosalita <laughs> shirt on and been to the Hall of Fame to see the Bruce exhibit years ago. That was my 50th birthday present my wife took me. So this is this was an honor to have you come on. I really appreciate your time and uh, well, no. you're really committing to my this. Pleasure. It was great. It was great.
3: My pleasure. Now, yeah, send me a link when this is going to be happening. Man.
2: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we want to, again, thank Mad Dog Vinny Lopez for joining us. And remember, listeners, to stay hydrated, listen to good music, And don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time.
3: I like that.
1: (laughs) It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.